7th of November 2021, 9.30 service. Tim Davis speaking on Fresh Thoughts on Baptism. So, uh, yeah, some uh, fresh thoughts on baptism. Um, this morning, Jack Larkin was baptised, and we thought it'd be a great opportunity, I guess, to uh, look afresh at baptism today, and perhaps consider what it means for each and every one of us, and every time a child or person is baptised here at Christchurch. Uh, now, this is not going to be a debate on infant versus adult baptism, and water versus Spirit, Holy Spirit baptism, um, but I think it is important uh, to understand the approach we have to baptism here at Christchurch and why this can help us think afresh about baptism. Um, the main debate when it comes to infant baptism, I guess, is whether baptism is primarily the free, deliberate response of the believing person being baptised, or is it primarily an acknowledgement of or in vehicle for what God has done and is doing for the person being baptised. Uh, now here at Christ Church, we, no, we fully believe that baptism is the sacramental act of dying and rising to new life with and in Jesus Christ. And we believe that baptism is the sign of your membership of the church that is fully involved in this story of salvation. And that children brought to baptism are already involved in the process of dying and rising to new life. Now we proclaim our convictions at the oath they are on, made for them, on their behalf by the parents and godparents, and the church as a whole, is one that leads to and is full of God's love. And that these children, people being baptised, will feel and experience this love in their lives and in the lives of those parents and godparents we have charged to support them in that journey, and the whole church, in fact. You know, we welcome all those being baptised at every and any stage of their life, both infant and adult. It's always, always been a special occasion when we've had a huge baptism pool here and uh, set up in church and everybody gathers round as Stephen is baptising the person in that pool. Um, I do wonder if like, when we were planning the refurbishment of this church some like 16, 17 years ago, whether it was ever considered that we might put in like a permanent baptism pool. Uh, I suspect we probably didn't, but it might have led to events such as this happening a bit over the years, had we done so. Any excuse to show my favourite baptism cannonball clip. And seriously, if you show that to young people, they'd be queuing up to get baptised, I'm telling you. Um, the reading that we had just a moment ago from Luke's Gospel is this account of Jesus' baptism. And uh, here is a fairly famous picture uh, of that event entitled The Baptisms of Christ by the Italian Renaissance artist Piero della Francesca. Uh, and it currently is shown in the National Gallery. You can go and see it, I believe. And it shows the event of Jesus' baptism and this fully human yet fully divine figure being baptised by John the Baptist. 
along with all these other everyday people. And yet this event is, of course, of great significance and a part of the story of Jesus Christ and God's salvation of humanity. And this is the first point that I really want us to consider when we're thinking afresh about baptism. In baptism, we become part of the story of Jesus' death and resurrection. Through his death and resurrection, Jesus was raised to new life. And through this act of salvation, God brought about the forgiveness of sins for all and the end of separation between God and man. Baptism is a remembrance of this sign. And it's the sign that you are a member of the church of God, which has received God's blessing of grace and forgiveness. Baptism is it's an essential sacrament within the church and the life of a Christian. In the sacraments that we follow, the baptism, of communion and the like, we enact the story of Jesus and in doing so form a community in his image. Baptism is the rite of initiation into the church and the family of God and is necessary for us to become part of Jesus' death and resurrection. Through baptism, we do not simply just learn the story, but we become part of that story. This morning, Jack Larkin was welcomed into the family of God and becomes part of that story of Jesus' death, resurrection, of salvation for all. And with the help of his parents and godparents and the whole church will be brought up in that story. When we witness a baptism here in church, it's important that we also take time to acknowledge why we are a part of that story of Jesus' death and resurrection. And it's because you can never know how much you are loved by God, but how much you need forgiveness. A key part of the baptism service are the vows taken by the parents of godparents. Uh, these are a statement of our willingness and commitment to raise this child being baptized within the family of God and then our desire to reject evil so that it doesn't have any influence on this child. And there's, you know, there's a reason why we as adults will say these words on behalf of a child because perhaps they're not quite ready to understand it or maybe they don't really even want to say those words. Seriously, uh, when the time comes for my daughter to be baptized, she's going to be primed. Just keep your head stayed. And there may be a little, like, nod, yes. Anyway, we'll see. Um, the story of Jesus is about the need for forgiveness. Baptism is meant to show this repentance. And John the Baptist even called out the people coming forward for baptism because of their almost hypocrisy in rejecting God's offer of salvation. You know, just imagine if Stephen, at the start of the baptism, says, invite up the parents and godparents coming here and assemble them on the stage and says, you brood of vipers. Now, I think that might be a bit extreme. Um, within that section, John is actually referencing uh, some passages from Isaiah 59. And the whole of Isaiah 59 is a passage about sin, confession, and repentance. And it begins thus, 
Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. For your hands are stained with blood, your fingers with guilt. The passage goes on to list the numerous ways in which the people have sinned and the la- la- language of being stained uh, with blood is very noteworthy because it's as if the sin would need to be washed away just as we symbolize in baptism. The passage in Isaiah 59 ends with this promise of salvation. It says, The Redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who repent of their sins, declares the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is on you will not depart from you, and my words that I have put in your mouth will always be on your lips, on the lips of your children and on the lips of their descendants from this time on and forever, says the Lord. And this prophecy is fulfilled in exacting fashion with Jesus' baptism and the appearance of the voice of God and the Holy Spirit being described as descending like a dove. And it's Jesus in his fully human presence, who gives us this perfect example of what it is to be fully human. There's always been this kind of question, confusion about, you know, why did Jesus need to be baptized? Now, even John the Baptist didn't think he should be baptizing Jesus. He thought it should be the other way around, surely. But Jesus gives us this outward sign of being a part of God's family through his baptism. God speaks at that moment and says, you are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. We too become members of God's family, just like Jesus through our baptism. But Jesus also serves as the example of what it means to be fully human. He lived life fully because he was sinless. That is what is meant by being fully human. Now, you've no doubt um, heard this phrase, to err is human, to forgive is divine. But I don't think that's true. Because that is not how God intended humans to be. We should be like Jesus, fully human. Sin is not understood as a proper part of being human. God did not create us that way. And so we need to always seek his forgiveness and accept his grace, mercy, and act of salvation. We all need God's forgiveness, and need to always ask for forgiveness of the things we do wrong. And baptism should always be a reminder of that, and of the amazing sacrifice God made in bringing about our forgiveness and salvation. It's perhaps um, unsurprising to hear that the most popular time for baptisms in the early church was at Easter. And what better time to celebrate dying and raising to new life in Jesus Christ than when we celebrate not the death of Jesus, but the conquering of sin and death through his resurrection. And finally, the thought that we perhaps most significantly need to take away from uh, today is one I've already been making, we've already made in this service several times, is that baptism is what shows the church as true family. All Christian adults have a parental responsibility because of baptism. 
Biology doesn't make parents in the church. Baptism does. Baptism makes all adult Christians parents and gives them the obligation to help introduce the children baptised to the gospel. The first thing said at the start of that service of baptism is the minister addressing the church, the whole church, then responding with a vow. It says, faith is the gift of God to his people. In baptism, the Lord is adding to our number those whom he is calling. People of God, will you welcome this child and uphold them in their new life in Christ? And the loud response we all say is, with the help of God, we will. By these vows, the church reinvents family. We've uh, recently updated our baptism wording for our service. Uh, and I did wonder if we shouldn't have actually, you know, been really biblical and incorporated some of John's words from that passage we heard when the crowd asked him, you know, what should we do? How should we live? And if you'd imagine, kind of like John or G, like sort of Stephen, for example, up here, saying to people, will you share your shirts and your food with those who have none? With the help of God, I will. Will you not collect any more taxes than is required? Uh, I'm pretty sure that with the help of God, I won't be doing that. Will you not extort people or falsely accuse them? With the help of God, I will. Will you not grumble about your pay? Now, hold on a minute. Perhaps it's best that we stick to what we've got. Um, when my uh, favourite go-to contemporary theologian, Stanley Hauerbass, uh, taught a marriage course at the University of Notre Dame in America, he would regularly read his students, his new students each year, a letter, which went something like this. Uh, the letter said, Our son had done well. He had gone to good schools, had gone through the military, had gotten out, had looked like he had a very promising career ahead. Unfortunately, he has joined some Eastern religious sect. Now he does not want to have anything to do with us because we are people of the world. He is never going to marry because now his true family is this funny group of people he associates with. We are heart sick. We do not know what to do about this. Halvas would then ask his students, who do you think wrote that letter? And typically they reply, the parents of some kids who ran off to join the Moonies or Harry Krishna or something like that. Actually, this letter was from a 4th century Roman senatorial family about their son's conversion to Christianity. Now the point Halvas was trying to make uh, within that um, was that within the church singleness is as valid a way of life as marriage but what was of particular importance is that every member of the church was part of a family and that every adult member every member who professes Jesus Christ as their savior and God as Lord over all is a parent to the child being baptized in the church as the family of God Every one of us here today has made a commitment to be parents to Jack Larkin and of all people who are baptised here at Christchurch within the family of God. Jack's parents and godparents will have a particular focus in their lives for raising Jack in the family of God and in knowing and understanding the love of God for him. But we all have a part to play in supporting them. There's a final video clip I want to end with, um, which is from Living Seeds Ministry. Uh, it's a charity up in Stockton-on-Tees, uh, which is run by a guy called Graham Seeds and his uh, wife, uh, who also run a church up in Stockton. And this charity has a particular focus 
on supporting people on the margins of society, ex-offenders, people really struggling in poverty. And they regularly would take groups in need for short holidays to the Jonas Centre, which is a Christian holiday centre up in North Yorkshire, which this church has supported for many years. And a few years ago, several of us were there on a working party. And I remember the centre director, um, Simon Eastwood, former member of Christchurch, telling us about this particular visit that you're about to hear uh, about an incident which took place. Tell us a bit about why you came, what you did, uh, and the impact it's had on the families that you brought with you. We are in Grand Revision last year. For as a group, as a church, we needed a holiday for the families, all the people that's there, because a lot of them come from poor backgrounds, pretty rough council estates and things like that. And some of the kids, I don't even think, seeing animals. So we decided we'd come up here at the Jonas Centre. So 60 of us travelled up, got the cabins, had the best time of our lives ever. It was fantastic. Every day the kids had a big smile for year to year. They've seen the animals, they've seen the donkeys, they've seen the, the chickens and the ducks, and they just thought it was better than any Florida holiday or anything like that. And Graham asked me a couple of years ago, he said, do you want to get baptised? I says, in a church? I says, no, I want to go in a river. And the first river that sprang to mind was a river here, not knowing it was cold. <laughs> So, this in mind, we decided on the Sunday we'd have baptism. So I said, right off we go down to the river. So, we decided, it was, originally it was only me, ended up being 13 people, gave their life that day. And it was absolutely amazing. And the funny thing is, the weather up here is a bit temperamental. <laughs> you, know, you know more than I. And that day, the forecast was thunder and lightning. And it was, on that side of the valley, that side of the valley, but we had this, just this big window of sunshine around us. And went down the river, and we kept looking up, I think, it's dark there, it's dark there, and it's glorious sunshine here, we're blessed. So went in the river, got baptised, one after the other, and another, and another one came, and people were coming in in tracksuits, just running into the river, they just gave their life, it was, it was one of the most touching days. I'd have, I'd have felt in my life. And it was, it was thanks to the people in that, around here. And I think if it hadn't been for the staff and that at the Jonas Centre, who really made us welcome and really made us like feel at home and that. And we gave children and adults, we showed them love on a, on a, on a bigger scale than they've probably ever seen. And they're part of family. And they've realised this is something special, this is something we've been part of. But it was really, really tremendous. And I'd like to thank everybody in, in Leyburn and the surrounding areas for making us feel welcome. It's a fantastic story. And what I could really hear from that guy talking was about how being baptised and all those other people was how special it felt to be part of a family. Not just his own family, but the family of God. Scores of people all wanting to come forward and be baptised in this freezing cold river in North Yorkshire, being welcomed into the family of God. Nathan, Anna, Emily, Jack, it's a really special day for you all. And we're so privileged to be able to share it with you and for all of us to be reminded of what it means to be a part of the big family of God.